Awesome. Hey, I'm going to tell you up front, I'm like sleep deprived. Um, so like eight weeks ago, we got this thing called a puppy. And uh, yeah, it's, I've had two children. Well, back up. My wife has had two children. Um, I was there for support and I helped on all that process of raising them and staying up not late not and all that stuff. Uh, but this dog's a whole nother story. I don't know if it's my age or just my lack of patience for it, maybe. Some of you are like dog experts. I probably need some advice. Uh, but I'm learning. What I know is it eats everything, including me, and that's probably the most aggravating part. My own children don't eat me. And that's so anyway, four o'clock in the morning and I don't get along very well. Um, and neither I don't I don't normally do that. Some of you might. Um, I will tell you that I've started watching Sight because of this because I need something to do at four o'clock in the morning. It's kind of a fun show. Um, so if I say anything completely stupid tonight, it's because of the dog. It's not because of me or the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, if it's wise, it's the Holy Spirit. But if it's stupid, it's the dog's fault. So uh, more on sleep here in just a minute. So. Uh, some of you were here a couple weeks ago or when we talked about my story. Some of you weren't. Uh, let me just tell you that I've been dealing with anxiety for most of my life. Didn't know I had it until I was an adult. And really just the whole thing really exploded when we got to Rome. And I've really been hammering hard trying to make sense of it, process it, get through it. A lot of it's based on trauma. And then I have an overactive brain. Um, I think too much. Part of that's good. I ended up being a PhD out of it. Part of it's bad because I think about everything too much, and that's what's causing a lot of the anxiety. So um, what I want to do is take a scripture first and talk about some practical things that scripture can give us. And then um, let's move into what God has given us for today, um, some things and tools that we can use for today to help us. We mentioned some of that um, when I was here a few weeks ago. Uh, some of you may remember, so we'll refresh some of that. But if you've got a Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Ryan did mention this last week uh, briefly uh, in his uh, sermon, but I do want to go back and revisit it. I mentioned it briefly too, but I didn't get really a time to talk about it very much because we ran out of time. And, uh, but I do think it's an important passage for us. So Philippians chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 4, and Miss Christina has it up on the screen for us. So if you don't have your Bibles, that's cool. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. Oh, look, anxiety is in the Bible. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that last verse is what I would love nothing more in my life. I want my life is raging sometimes it's up sometimes it's down sometimes my 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 heart is racing my mind is running I can't get control and I would love nothing more in my life at times than just to have peace and sometimes it's got to be something that even I can't understand a peace of God which surpasses all understanding only God can guard my mind and my heart my thoughts and then the heart is not just a blood pumping organ, but in the scripture, it would be emotional intelligence. It would be your emotions as well. Something to guard me. So let's walk through a couple of things that scripture has taught us about anxiety as it relates to this uh, passage. First of all, uh, verse 4 says, uh, rejoice in the Lord. Worship. 
Some of you love having playlists, Spotify. I use iHeartRadio. You might use iTunes Music. I don't know what your playlist comes from. But having a worship playlist that just allows you the opportunity to be reminded that there's someone bigger than you out there doing life. He's in charge. He's in control. And I am not. Um, I was looking through my uh, timeline on Facebook and Five years ago this week, I'd first gotten exposed to Oceans by Hillsong United, right? Uh, that was five years ago when that came out. No, six years ago. Sorry, six years ago. I've been here six years now. That song came out as we were transitioning to Rome. And it's that whole lead me on the waters, you know, that whole scary part thing, God having the faith. Uh, I needed that. And so it's a good reminder to me during all my times of, of worry. That song is a constant reminder that God's the one that's there to help. Um, so he's bigger, and he has the future in control even when I fin- feel temporarily completely out of control. I know that what I'm feeling in the moment, whether that's a panic attack or just sheer worry, this is going to be temporary. I'm going to get through this because God hasn't left. He hasn't fallen off his throne because I'm in a stressful worrisome situation. Uh, Verse 6 says, uh, don't be anxious for anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. Um, Peace comes when we choose to work differently. Now I'm going to walk you through some of that here in a minute. But from a scripture standpoint, and I mentioned this briefly uh, a couple weeks ago, I will literally do this. I will grab my hands and throw them in the air. And I know it looks weird. I, will, I have been known to be walking down a road in front of people and just stop. And, throw my, and I'm not doing Lion King. This is not baby you know, Simba, okay? This is not what I'm doing. I'm not doing Lion King. I am literally giving it back to God because I keep trying to take something that I have no control over and it's causing me stress, anxiety, and worry. I'm stressed. This week is a great, last two weeks have been a great example. Some of you guys are regurgitating, I mean graduating. So um, you may be regurgitating because of the thought that you're about to graduate, but you get the idea. Some of you guys are graduating. You are having to wear two hats at the same time right now and you're pulling your hair out. Because on one side you're trying to actually get these finals over with, major case of senioritis, like I'm done. You probably were, I was done my freshman year of high school, but Senior, year, the last three weeks, you're killing. You're like, please be done. At the same time, they're like, have you filled out the scholarship application? Have you turned in the deposits yet? Have you gotten your roommate situation? Have you gotten your dorm stuff? You're trying to do all the college stuff in the month of May at the exact same time. You're just trying to graduate. That transition is just stressful because you're doing two things at once, and you're like, can I just do one and then the other? My job has transitioned. I was just normal, everyday professor, and then last week they came in and said, oh, yeah, by the way, you're now department chair. But that doesn't officially start till June 1st, but we're going to go ahead and give you all the responsibilities now. And I wasn't ready for that. I was like, can I please finish the stuff I've already agreed to? And then in June, I'll jump on it. But nope, I'm doing two things at once, and it's like, just trying to juggle. Sometimes things get completely out of control, and you're like, wait, I wasn't expecting this. And in that moment, it's like, okay, God, you knew, I didn't, you can have it back, because I know you're going to get me through this, I know that I feel overwhelmed, but you're not, and so I'll just take today, handle today, we'll do a tomorrow tomorrow, I will keep walking with you, because I'm going to worship 
remind myself that God's in charge, and then give it back to him so that I will talk to him about my problems. Prayer. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what God has done. I'm reminding myself that he's worked before. But in that same moment, I'm also talking to him about what I'm really bothered by. I'm really bothered by juggling two hats. When I bought the dog eight weeks ago, I didn't expect to have this stress too. It's like, if I had known that, I wouldn't have done it. But God didn't tell me, so I can't change it. So I can't go back and change something. So I have to accept and then move forward, figure out what God's doing and how is he going to help me get through this in my time. So giving it back to God. Prayer allows us the opportunity to do that. Uh, Also, verse 6, Thanksgiving. There are times when we forget all the stuff God has done and brought us through. Go back. uh, Some of you guys, we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, But journaling, I will journal my prayers sometimes, uh, especially during the summer months. My life gets just a little bit slower. In youth ministry, it didn't. But uh, now it's, like, completely different, so I have to do something with my time. Uh, But I will journal, and I'll just, I'll have dates. And some I'm not an everyday, you know, dear diary. It's not me, okay? But um, I'll just read, like, Four years ago, I'm getting caught up in coveting once. Mark 5 has reminded me that Jesus takes care of needs. I could justify the need for relaxing, but there has got to be cheaper options than a truck, a boat, or a lakefront property. I was wanting stuff. Ironically, God gave me a truck. It wasn't the one I wanted, but it was way cheaper, and it's out there. It's kind of cool how God does that. I have a boat. It wasn't what I wanted, but it's tiny, and it's got a massive five-horsepower engine on it. And it gets me across the lake, and I go fishing a little bit. God knew exactly what I needed and not what I wanted. They're nice dreams, but my wife and I are not on the same page about that, and cash is not at hand. I'm just writing stuff out. I'm worried. I'm stressed. And now I can sit back and laugh at it with you going, man, that's so cool how God handled that stuff three years later because all that stuff happened within the last two years. So just being able to journal and then go back and look and go, you know what? God's been working. God's been taking care of things. I can be thankful for that. So worship, give it back when it's not yours to hold. Remember the positive and just give God a chance to work. Verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Allow God to protect the two most precious gifts you have. Your heart, your emotions, and your mind. The thoughts that are in your head. And we're going to work through some of those here in just a minute. His peace is what can protect you. The world's peace is momentary. It's freedom from trouble. That's what the world will promise you. Let's free ourselves of trouble. We're being taught that if you are in a, you're having problems, that something's wrong with you. You need some help. But what Scripture tells us is, is that if you're having problems, you're very normal. Very normal. God's peace is eternal and is what is equipping us to work through our problems. That's why God sent us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gives us discernment. It reveals truth to us. It also gives us the power to live. It gives us spiritual giftedness. I know Avengers is going on right now, so you like got superpowers because of, of what God has done in your life, a spiritual giftedness that fuels your passions and allows you to just move in ways that you never thought were possible. To see God's evident work in your life Those are encouragements for us as we discover who am I and what is my purpose for life. God, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? 
as God reveals those gifts to us, it lets us know that one, he's there. Two, he's made promises to us that he's going to be, that will be fulfilled. And his work in our lives will allow us to find peace as we reconcile or get through all the troubles. So my journey has had a lot of stuff in it. Stuff. The foundation for all my anxiety stuff that I build all of it on is my relationship with God has got to be solid. I know things are spiraling when it's not as solid as it should be. Because I'm trying to grab it. Grab, grab, grab. What can I, I can manage it, I can fix it. Or my emotions just completely overwhelm me. Um, I'm not this big macho guy, okay? I know I look at the physique. I know you see it, right? Uh, but I'm not this buff athletic dude. I'm actually quite uh, emotional. I like a good musical theater production. Um, I like uh, musicals. Uh, I like my sports, but I, I like some of the creative side of doing it. That's why I like doing movies and different things. Uh, I was in drama in high school. So I have an emotional side to what I do. So that's where I'll cry. That's okay if you're a dude. I know that we don't do that publicly, but privately, if you want to bawl your eyes out, it actually makes you feel better when you do. Uh, there have been a couple times she's like, why are you crying? I'm like, because it makes me feel better. Just let me do it. My wife's asking me, why are you crying? She's the tough one of the family. Uh, why are you crying? Because it just makes me feel better. Um, but crying will help. It soothes you. It helps some of those things. So there are times where that just will happen. It's part of the process of just the frustrations and the buildup. My body can't take it anymore, and it just needs release. So let's talk about a couple of uh, uh, practical suggestions that my spiritual foundation is based on my relationship with God, but what am I doing on top of working through that? What is God using? What are the modern techniques that God is using to help me um, work through my anxiety as I'm learning more about myself and how God is using those things for his glory? Because some of it I did not understand even 10 years ago. But now it's becoming clearer, especially, praise God, especially since the major conversations now are in mental health as it relates to the church. And praise God for guys like Ryan are like, let's talk about it. Because three or four years ago, nobody was talking about it. Like, I was afraid to tell anybody I was having panic attacks because I was afraid they were going to fire me. Well, you're just not strong enough to do ministry. So you just need to go find something else to do. And I knew that wasn't true, but I was terrified to talk publicly about it. But now the conversations are just constantly growing, that it's okay to address this publicly. You go, you know what? I'm stressed. I deal with anxiety. I have panic attacks. So let me give you a couple things. All right. Let's talk about this book first. This book's called Mind Over Mood. The official thing is called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT. CBT. You can do this book as a high schooler or junior high kid, okay, middle schooler. You do not need a counselor to go through this book. It has a workbook. It teaches you how you think and then how your thoughts create feelings, physical, physiological things that lead to behaviors, okay? So, for example, when I go to the dentist, perhaps you've been to the dentist, perhaps you don't like going to the dentist. When you go to the dentist and you lie in the chair, or even as you're driving in the car, you know, the heart gets a little higher, maybe you break out in a little bit of a sweat, 
get a little nervous. My nervousness comes from a traumatic experience that I had when I was in elementary school. Won't go into all the details for all of you that don't like dentists. I won't make it worse for you. But I learned, because someone asked me, did you ever have a traumatic experience? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, that's why you act the way you act. You can't get over that because you think every time you go to the dentist, that's going to happen again. The percentages of what happened happening again are very, very small. Like point one. But you know what the, ra- the racing mind does? But it could be this time. Just maybe. So what this process does is it says, hey, okay, what situation are you in right now? I'm going to the dentist. What are you thinking? I'm going to die. What feelings or emotions, what physiological behaviors are you experiencing in that moment? Well, I'm breaking out of sweat. My heart is racing. I think I may have a panic attack. Then it goes backwards and says, what is actually true? What is actually true is I'm just getting my teeth cleaned, and they're going to floss my gums. There will be no invasive stuff. It's just going to be a natural teeth clean. They might do the x-rays, right? The gagging because it's all in the back. But what my body is doing is it's overreacting to something that is normal. And that's what this book helps us work backwards. Change the way we think so that we can change the way we feel, and therefore we can change our behaviors. The heart rates will start going down, the cold sweats will minimize, and it'll just work us backwards through it. So let me give you a couple of, let's, let's work through this. When you're taking a test, what are you feeling? Stress. Describe the stress. What physiological things are going on in your body before she hands out the 100-question test? Okay, that's a thought. What physiological things are going on in your body? Heart's racing. Who said stomach turn? Beautiful. Those are physiological things. Now, what thoughts are going through your mind, Thomas? Caleb says, I'm going to fail. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, am I going to remember everything I studied? Oh, my gosh, am I going to remember everything I studied? Oh, my gosh, am I going to remember everything I studied? Then it logged, James. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't remember anything I studied. And then the physiological spiral up, right? They get worse under the pressure. Yes. Okay? Now, let's work backwards. What is true? What should be true, not what is true, Caleb, because probably I forgot to study. But what is true? What should be true? You're answering questions. They're just 100 questions. Multiple choice. There's a 25% chance I might actually get it right. It's just high school. Did you study? (laughs) I know. Okay. We need an invitation afterwards so we can repent, right? Where's Harvey? Didn't I see Harvey in here? Is Harvey in here, Kirshner? Your brother? Uh, He left. Oh, he's doing something else. All right. So he was in my Old Testament class. He studied. All right. So perhaps you actually studied. So you go, I studied. I am prepared. I studied two or three days early, not just the night before. I know. I'm asking a lot. I looked at one question three nights before. Hey, it's better than none, right? What you're doing is you're telling yourself truths before you walk into the test. Like the night before in the morning of at breakfast, you are practicing the art of what they call priming or 
future templating. You were working through the idea of when I walk in that test, they're going to hand me that. I have my Scantron. I have my pencil. I have my gum or a peppermint because I'll tell you about that in a minute. I'm working through all of it in my head so that when I walk in that classroom, I've already been through this because I've practiced it. So I should be calmer because I'm used to this. I've already thought through it. And so my behaviors are like, I, I don't need the overreaction because I already know what's true. Because what often happens, what creates the untruths is when it catches us off guard. And sometimes life does catch us off guard. Hey, we have something we have to tell you. So-and-so passed away. That's normal crisis. That's supposed to catch you off guard. All the physiological things that are coming with that, the emotions, the thoughts, those are normal. What we're trying to work on through this book is the things that aren't normal, like way overreacting to like a quiz, not just a full-on slap final. Um, I have massive problems going to doctors. I, I, I struggle with walking into just for a routine, hey, I have a cold, can I get some antibiotic, please? They're not going to poke me, prod me, nothing. I just need some amoxicillin. That's all I need. Can I please have some? I will freak out. That's what these are for. More on that in a minute. But, but I know why, and I told you a little bit about that in my, in my story. It has to do with Lauren and being a preemie, seven-week preemie and all the trauma that went with that. And I've had to work through that. And so it's easier to go to the doctor. I can sit in a dentist now, and as long as I'm laying down, I'm good. And they're like, hey, we got to do a cavity. Let's go. Get it done. Um, it's easier. But I had to learn how to think differently. So part of what we need to do goes back to the foundation of our thought processes. So a couple of questions that work through that. And if you don't get these down in time, it's okay. The podcast can help you. What situation am I in? So you're asking questions like who, what, when, where. What are my physical reactions? My heart's racing. My stomach turns. What mood did it create? So did it create uh, anxiety? Did it create sadness, depression, anger? What's leading me to believe of my thoughts about myself? Like I'm not good enough. What makes me think that way? Well, on a previous test, I bombed it. So I'm probably going to bomb this one too. But again, truth, then we work backwards. Truth, what are the steps I took to keep that from happening? I studied. I got a good night's sleep. Those things are part of that. You can do the same things for like uh, your car breaks down or your boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you or speaking in front of other people. Dun, dun, dun. Some of us get nervous doing that. All right, a couple more. Uh, counseling and medication are okay. You are not weird. You are not a sicko. You're not even sick if you go to a doctor and get some medication and you get go to counseling. You're actually a very normal human being. God has created you and built you to be uniquely you. And some of that has a little quirkiness to it. I could not be the youth minister that I was or am or work with teenagers or stand in front of you if I wasn't just a little weird. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Now, when I was in high school and junior high, I was not okay with it. I was like, I'm so awkward. No girl likes me. I'm never going to do that. You know, it was, it was awkward. But as I grew into it and I started hanging out with middle schoolers and high schoolers, I'm like, what's up? It's like, that dude, you know, um, 
and I realized that. Here's when it hit me again coming to Rome. My first two years, we were at another church, and one of the seniors was like, dude, for an old guy, you're cool. And I was like, thank you. You're validating exactly everything I've been feeling. I just like being around teenagers. That's what I've been built for because I remember being identified as the underdog. I like the underdog story, the quirky, weird misfit kid that doesn't feel like they can connect with the overall group and they just don't know what their purpose and place is. I want to tap into that and show you God loves you and he has such an amazing plan and purpose that he wants you to participate in and he's inviting you to do that. Let's go discover it together. Let's go do it. That's part of my quirkiness. So uh, I have, I do have medication. This is Xanax. Um, I have done Lexapro and a couple of others. Um, so this one is temporary. It's not a permanent thing. I use it when I need it. Um, so when I go do medical stuff, I'll, I'll take one. I used to be very prideful. Um, I'm a pr- I used to be very prideful. I don't need medication. God has made me who I am, and I am independent. And the power of the Holy Spirit should be the one that takes care of all that. And my faith isn't strong enough if I walk in and I have to take medication. And what I realized is that God has made me who I am. And if God's made me who I am, and I need a little help, then take the help. The uniqueness of our life has made us that way. So if you need a little help, use the help. Take advantage of what God has given us. Now, there are other things in addition to medication, and so I would encourage you to look at all options out there, not just go, I need to go to the doctor. I need, a, I need, I need prescriptions. Uh, because someone said I'm depressed and anxiety, and I just need an anxiety med. There are some other things. Book being one of those. Counseling be another one. All right, so let's talk about some practical things, and then I'll give you some strange ones. Uh, there's a book that just came out on anxiety. Uh, I saw it today, and the premise of it was, um, come find me afterwards if you need it, because I'll have to pull it, my phone's over here, uh, pull it up off Twitter and Amazon, because I think I saved it. But here's the premise, and I've, and I've found it in other books, but not just as it specifically relates to anxiety. We have got to learn to say no. You have to learn to say no. If you have to stand in front of a mirror every morning and 15 times say no, 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 no. I know I'm not, it's not 15, but you get the idea. Just so you can take control of your life and not expect and not live with the expectation that I have to please everybody. It's not humanly possible and it's not of God. You have to figure out what your purposes are, what your passions are, how God has uniquely created you, and what has he called you to do, and then everything else is a no. It just is, because that's not what God created you. If you say yes to everything, you're robbing someone else of a blessing. Hear me. If you say yes to everything, you're taking away someone else's yes, and you are wearing yourself out, and Satan wants nothing more than you to be completely worn out, because then you're ineffective in everything. You've got to learn to say no. The scary one's going to be to say no to your mom and dad. Now do it respectfully, okay? But some of your parents, and I, and I know this is hard, okay? I've had to deal with this. It's the most grown-up thing I've ever done is tell my mom, no, we're not coming home for a holiday. And I know you're not there yet. But it took me that long as a grown-up to get to the point where I got to say, no, my life is too stretched. I'm setting some boundaries, we're not coming home for this holiday. Your parents may expect, you need a full transcript. You need to be involved in everything. You need to be doing this, this, and this. As a college professor, I can tell you that's a lie. You don't have to have an overwhelmed transcript. 
find passions, dive deep in them, go hard, and create fruit out of those. But maybe have a dinner conversation, a very grown-up, mature one, not going, Mama, I'm quitting everything. That's not respectful. Mom and Dad, can we sit at the table? I have some things I'd like to discuss with you. I had a student that did this. I think I mentioned to you already. He felt like band and being a drum major is what he needed to do. So that meant was going to quit the football team. And his, I said, your dad's going to kill you. And his dad was furious. But he knew he needed some limits in his life, and that's what he learned to say no to. Um, all right, so let's work through some physiological stuff. Uh, limit spicy foods, sugar, and caffeine intake. So cut down on the monsters. In fact, I would suggest you say no to monsters and Red Bull. But you don't know I need it. Maybe. But if you work through some of this other stuff, you won't need it as much. Now, I have started drinking coffee again because <laughs> that stupid dog. Um, but uh, let me back up. Here's why. On the spicy foods and in the sugar, too. In children, children do not know they have anxiety. And someone said earlier, my stomach hurts. That's how children, small children, communicate that they're having anxiety issues. They don't know they're having anxious thoughts and stress because they don't know what that is. They, don't, they can't communicate that. So what you'll often have is they'll come up to you and say, my tummy hurts. And that's a sign of possible some anxious thoughts. Now, it may not be, oh, you're depressed or you have anxiety. We need to get you on medication. We need to do all stuff. But what it's communicating is there's some things I need to pay attention to. So you may be dealing with that. You, your stomach may turn to knots, or from a temporary perspective, you may have stomach issues before an event or uh, before a test. Now, instead of popping one of these, I've start, started popping a couple of these. These are in acids. Uh, this is Xanax, or not Xanax, this is Gaviscon, but the, the off-brand because I'm cheap. So um, I'll pop two of these. Now, the, ma- the maximum amount of, amount of uh, allowable dose is like 16 of these at a time. I do not, or over a course of a day, I'm not that crazy, okay? It's like one or two, and I'm good for the rest of the day. But in the mornings, sometimes my day gets overwhelming. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh, I've got 20 hours of work to do in about four hours is all I got. So what am I going to do? Uh, and so my stomach will start churning, and the prevacid and some of the stuff I'm on in acid-wise, because again, body's just that way. I overproduce acid, or acid in my stomach. That's just how God built me. Um, these will help. So I'll just pop a couple of these, and it'll calm my stomach down. Um, the other way I do it is I chew gum. So gum will also produce saliva, which will also help your, in the, uh, your stomach stuff. So if your stomach's kind of acting like a dork, uh, you can do that. Especially when you're taking tests, peppermints are awesome, by the way. Did you know that? Pop a peppermint while you're studying. But also pop a peppermint when you're taking the test. It will open the olfactories in your in your sinuses, and it frees up the brain to actually flow and think better. Dun dun dun. That's pretty cool. Uh, breathe. Some of y'all haven't done it yet. We've been here 20 minutes. Just kidding. Big breath, right? Now don't suck up, suck out. I'm like, but I gotta I gotta keep that figure, right? Uh, no. Some of you are musicians, band people, band nerds, rock band nerds. <gasps> big, go big. That full tummy. You know how you eat th- overeat Thanksgiving? You're like, oh, I feel amazing, right? That's what you're doing with the full breath. You're doing the same thing. You're telling your tummy you're full, and that releases chemicals in your body to go, life is good right now. I am full and satisfied. Big breath. 
stupid dog. Sleep. <laughs> I told, I am sleep deprived. That dog, I'm not, I normally get about eight to nine hours would be ideal for me. Um, some of you are like, man, I rock four. Um, and that's fine for a little while. The greatest leaders in the world, like Winston Churchill, those kind of guys, they got up early in the morning, like 6 a.m. Bless you. Okay. 6 a.m. in the morning, but they took power naps in the afternoons. Even the greatest leaders of the world, superpowers, during the middle of World War II, early in the morning, 6 a.m., stayed up late, but got power naps during the day. Sleep is an important part of your body. Some of you guys, i got to cram all night for this test. Your body can't do it. It's not built for that. You need sleep to file everything away and to dump stuff that needs to be dumped. So the things of your brain that doesn't, don't need to be in there, that's why you sleep, so it'll dump itself out. Having your phone out, till you, I use my phone to go to sleep at night, I play games. That's why it has that night thing to take the blues out of your phone because the blues are actually shooting in your uh, cones and rods and it's keeping you awake. The fast movements of your phone actually keeps you awake too. So putting this down about an hour, hour and a half before you go to bed actually would help your anxiety. If you could go plug it in in the kitchen, not your house, better, I'll use it for an alarm clock. They still make alarm clocks, by the way. I would suggest not using this. Go put it in your. Go put it in the kitchen. Plug it in. Leave it. Leave it be for about an hour. I know I'm asking impossible things of you because some of you're like, man, I work on homework till and then I crash. I understand that. I get it. Um, especially if you're doing extracurricular activities. I'm sympathetic. I'm just telling you some things that if you want to really push yourself, these are some things that can really help you. Sleep being one of them. Um, the breathe. Uh, reading. Instead of reading on a Kindle or this, actually get the real book. This is why people go to sleep when they're reading the Bible. It's not because the Bible's boring. It's because the eye movements, the back and forth, actually puts you to sleep. It's relaxing. So some of you guys that are very avid readers, like you love reading real books, you're probably pretty chill because you read so much. Um, reading actually does. This is why the smartest people in the world always have a book with them. When you go to the doctor, you're in the car, whatever, it's not scrolling through social media. It's reading books. The brain power actually makes you smarter, but the reading, the back and forth of your eyes actually makes you relaxed. So something to think about. And it's not these screens that do it. It's, it's the eye movements here. So uh, I mentioned chew gum. Do you all remember the physical thing I showed you on the shoulder? This right here? Okay. This is the other one. Just rubbing right here between the shoulder blade and your collarbone. If you'll rub that right there, it'll just kind of chill you out a little bit. Okay. It's not a big deal. Nothing. Uh, the other one I didn't have a chance to show you because um, we had, ran out of time. Let me show you this little contraption. Now, this thing is ex pretty expensive. So you don't have to go buy one, but I did because I needed it. Um, this thing is called TheraTapper. These are EMDR tappers. Um, it's emotional muscle uh, response distribution EMD, distribution uh, repetition, I think is what it's called. Sorry for all not knowing the acronym. Uh, but what it does, okay, you see that back and forth? You hear it? Okay, 
Feel that. It vibrates. Sorry, you back row people. Okay? Now, I'm going to show you something you can do without these. All right? I'm not going to leave you out, Matthew. I know you're important, too. Matthew, you broke it. Just kidding. Mm. All right. Now, you don't have to go pay a hundred, couple hundred bucks for these. Uh, I did it because it, I don't have to work. I can just lay down and do this. You can actually do it yourself. Now, there's a couple of ways you can do this. Um, what I normally do is I will think about a happy place. So if you've seen uh, Happy Gilmore, you know, and he talks about the happy place, that's kind of the same idea. My happy place is the Blue Ridge Mountains on a cabin overlooking the Blue Ridge Mountains, way away from civilization, and all I see is green and sunshine and clouds and nobody. So that's where I want to go. Some of y'all may want to go to the beach. Uh, you might like Laguna, and you want to go out there, back there. You know, you just want to be in your room, self-guarded. That's fine, too. Find a place that's happy for you and just kind of go there by yourself for a few minutes. Close your eyes. Just tap. Don't forget to breathe. Um, and, and just kind of go there. Now, again, it's not going to save you from the situation that you're in. What it's doing is giving you an opportunity to reset so it doesn't completely overwhelm you in the moment. All right? So just a couple of things to do. Um, I mentioned the journal, the gum, medicines, books, variety of different options. If you want to talk some more about that, I'll stay afterwards. Obviously, we'll have the Q&A next week. Um, so be sure to get those questions in. Uh, we'll be happy to help you with those because we really do want to help you get through this. I'm a work in progress. That's all this is, continue work in progress. Maybe by the time Jesus comes back, I'll have it all figured out. Probably not, but we'll work through that. Ryan, why don't you come close us out? Mm -hmm.